Hey, Sarah, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you, James? Doing good. So now you and your partner, Julia, your co-host of the podcast, uh, Baseball Fever Media. Now people can follow you on Instagram at Baseball Fever Media. Pretty easy. Uh, there's a link to the podcast. And again, they can check out some, your site and all the other stuff. So I appreciate you, Sarah, coming in. It's a, you know, pleasure speaking with you. You too, James. So, uh, yeah, maybe just give me a little uh, background about maybe you and Julia, uh, just kind of, uh, you know, where you met, how long you known each other and why you decided to start the podcast. So originally it was her podcast and she ran it herself and she had guests come on and it was more of like a regular thing that she did before she started her softball in college. And we actually met through Twitter in a Yankees, you know, club um, media page. And she told me about herself. So then we kind of collaborated and she said, hey, listen, um, do you want to be on an episode of the podcast? And I said, yeah, sure. Why not? She saw like I was really informative when it came to Yankees baseball. So it went from there and we did a couple episodes together. And then she said, listen, I need to make you a co-host because you clearly know what you're talking about. You do know some of your statistics. Um, I know on my end, I can always do the work. You know, you can always back me up if I make something, you know, a mistake. And then ever since then, you know, it's we've met at a couple Yankee games. She lives in upstate New York. I'm here in New Jersey. So it's kind of a commute for the both of us. Yankee Stadium is kind of our meeting point. So like if you follow her on her social media accounts, I'm not sure the platform names, but you can see her like I'm in a couple photos. So that's how it started. Well, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I checked it before. I see a bunch of games and some road games as well. It's pretty cool. Uh, you know, Camden Yards. It's always a good. Sport yeah, yeah. She I think she went to, with her family to a couple of those. Yeah. And this happened with yourself. Like, what was your interest in baseball? Is it something like as a kid or is it something that just developed over over time? Um, actually as a kid. So I was born a Yankee fan, but when I was five years old, I went to my first game and Ramiro Mendoza signed a baseball for me. So I have that somewhere in my house. And then ever since then, I've kind of stuck with the team because I think it was just more of like a homegrown, like most players are through the minor leagues if they are not traded in. Um, but I, I kind of felt like an outsider in a way because most of my friends weren't really into baseball and I was kind of like trying to find my niche. So I was in sports when I was a kid and baseball was one of them. And then the Yankee fandom kind of grew from there. So. so interesting. And like, uh, like how many games you yourself or with Julie attend a year? So I usually go with my family because we're season ticket holders. Julia usually goes with hers because she meets it on her end. So she doesn't go regularly like I do because she's still in college. So I think her college season ends in May. So she'll start going to games maybe like late May to early June. Me, we go normally like every other Friday or every Friday game because it's a Friday package for spring for um, at least for the season. So I actually have been going to games for a really long time. Yeah, the first year at the, the new stadium, well, we call it the new stadium now. It's been almost 10 years. But yeah, I think it was a section 315. We had the Friday yeah. night package. And then uh, years later, moved to 420, section 420. There you go. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't do the season tickets anymore, but I just kind of grab a seat on StubHub there. But that's pretty cool that you still, you know, season ticket holder after all these years because a lot of people just drop off. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's like too expensive or something's going on where they can't keep up with the tickets. But we've actually had it for a long time. Um, I feel like we've had it, honestly, longer than most. But I've gone to a couple stadiums um, prior to that, at least for other teams, like on the East Coast. But 
My favorite's probably the old Yankee Stadium because I just like the aura of it and the fact that it gives off a good history. Yeah, I mean, I thought I'd hate the new stadium. I don't really hate it as much as I thought it would. But yeah, I think it lost a little bit of something with the old Yankee Stadium, just the way all the fans would hang over the opposing players. I think there was an intimidation factor, which the new Yankee Stadium doesn't have. Everyone's kind of like back a little bit. But I actually like the new stadium. It's not that bad. It grew on me. It took a little bit. But yeah, I, I didn't hate it as yeah. much as I, I thought I would. That's true. That's true. That was me too. I think like the old aura of the stadium itself, like the old one, it kind of gave off like a historic feel. I feel like the new one, they tried to bring in the old history to the new, yeah. but it was kind of a transition. I can understand that. Yeah. And the only really problem I had with the old stadium was this cramped, like, especially when you have to like exit, you had to go down like the ramps. If you were in the upper deck, it took like a half hour to get out. You know, that yes. Was- that was yes. tedious. Now you get some good arguments and fights there. So that was kind of interesting. But still, it took forever to get out of there. So I just like mm-hmm. the elevators now. You're out in like, you know, less than a minute. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to go down like the railings or like the extra exits on the back. I remember the extra exits on the back end where it looked like it didn't even look like Yankee Stadium. It looked like something totally different. All right. So we reached spring training finally here. Um, you know, I guess, you know, we've only had a handful of games. So yeah, obviously not dicing now, but. Yeah, obviously the new rules are kicking in. I'm shocked so far they have been enforcing the the pitch clock most of all. So this, what's your initial thought of this, some of the new rules? You know, the whole uh, I guess the engagement with the pitcher that that's an interesting one. I mean, what's your initial thoughts of these so far? To be honest, I do like the bigger bases because I feel like it will cause less injuries and it will cause less of a collision between the base runners and the actual players on the base. Um, so I think in the base path seems to be a little bit longer. So when the batter just goes sliding in, it's not like he's sliding off the base to cause another injury. So I think they probably did that prior to how many injuries, you know, players have had on the base paths and at least the position players too. Um, With the pitch clock, I feel like obviously it speeds up the game. Everyone's going to get used to it. I feel like it's kind of an if and or a but with some players because some players like to take their time going up to the plate. But when they realize... I have however many minutes to get myself together before, you know, strike one happens. Um, I feel like it's it's going to get taken used to. Yeah, I agree. I mean, so I'm still on the side of I don't like it right now. I mean, again, I could be bored over. I initially didn't like the ghost runner from like a season yeah. two ago, but it grew on me. The only problem I like baseball it made it unique from other sports is that it's it, there's no time. You know, like basketball is a time. Football is time. Right. All the other sports, like baseball is like where you could freeze the moment. And you're going to kind of lose that a little bit, which, yeah, yeah, I understand trying to get through a regular season game in May, but like in October, just the intensity is there when you can just, the pitcher holds the ball. You know, I think that's the part I don't like, but I think yeah. Aaron Judge actually, he had a quote I read yesterday. He was like, it's a basketball saying back in there with basketball, when there was no shot clock, players could run around for circles forever. Now it's yeah. the shoot. And, you know, it just became a part of the game. Now you feel natural. But so I, I think it'll grow on me. So I don't really love it right now, but I think it will grow me over time. It's going to take like a couple months getting used to. So when the pitchers and like the catchers try to get on the same page, because I know there's a couple, um, a couple teams who are going to take longer to adjust to it. But I feel like the Yankees are going to be okay with it. And as for the bigger bases, I think also it helps at first base where you have a lot of like, you know, bang, bang yeah. plays at first. And the run is coming in there and so many first basemen get their like wrists and their hands like jammed by a runner coming in. So yeah. I think it should also save uh, so yeah, and it's actually speaking of Aaron Judge, someone mentioned funny with the bigger bases. You know, he's like six foot seven, so if he wants yes. to slide in now and hands first, he's gonna it's gonna be easier for him to grab a bag. So you know, this guy, the tall guys like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, with him and Stanton, I feel like because they usually just slide feet first, or sometimes if it's head first, if it's rushed, 
but now I feel like there's more room. So they're like on the outer side of the base. And then, you know, the position player would be on the inner side to at least try to position the ball to where they could get the out or at least whatever yeah. happens, happens. The only confusion I think is going to be during the scene is like keeping track of all the engagements with the pitchers. Like, did he step yeah. off? Did he throw over? You know, that in fact, this, the, the umpires, I know umpires are going to miss it. Like someone's going to violate the rule. The umpires are not going to catch it because they're, you know, they're still learning this stuff. So I think right. that's the only one where it's still going to, that, that might actually make the game longer when they're trying to just huddle decide. How many times did he throw over? I'm not sure. Hey, Bob, what do you know about that? You know, blah, 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 you know? Yes, that's what it is. And I feel like it's trying to like keep up with what the umpire is saying or what the position players are saying, because there could be a lot of stuff going on in the infield that the outfielders really don't have control of. So it's more of like what the umpire sees um, rather than let's say that the pitcher had a block or something happened. But at the same time, it's like, what can you do? <laughs> yeah. And I think also that's why they, um, another one of the new rules is going to be the umpire is going to have microphones. So it's like, hey, instead of huddling, this might go, hey, did you see that? No, okay, fine. You know, it's like, so I think it's quick messaging. So that might be the way to offset any, you know, time wasted deciding that. Um, yeah. So, you know, Mr. Judge against discussing him. So, you know, you as a Yankee fan, were you nervous that he wasn't coming back? Because it looked like, you know, maybe the Giants were going to steal him, like, you know, late, late in the game there. Yeah, I was kind of nervous. But to be honest, my friend was freaking out. She texted me and she was like, did you see the update on Judge? I said, oh, God, no. What's the update? So then a couple of minutes later is when John Heyman came out with it because I got the delay on my phone because I just updated my phone. And everyone got the uh, got the update before I did. So I was like freaking out. I was like, what the heck is this update? So, of course, I went on Twitter and I looked down and I was like, oh, my God. But then I, I took like a, a quick look and I was like, OK, this is not good. Like, is he where is he going? Like, Where's the money? And then I was sitting there thinking like arson judge. What? I was like, is there a typo? So then I saw Heyman took it down and then put it up. He's like, my apologies. I was like, good job, dude. Good job. Oh, bad. So. And then, you know, that was that was more like, I think, Hal getting involved and really Brian Cashman. Now, I mean, are you a Cashman person? I know a lot of, especially after the Houston series, a lot of people want both him and Boone out. I mean, I was happy. It was okay coming back. But what do you feel about, you know, Cashman getting a four-year deal in the offseason? Uh, to be honest, I was an if, and, or a but with him like most because I just feel like he could have some good moments. And then there's some where you're like, what are you doing, Brian? Like, why are we, why? Why? Why are we getting rid of this person? Like, I wanted to go after him for the Montgomery trade because I felt like Montgomery was totally thrown underneath the bus. Nobody knew what was going on other than now we're just getting a position player who had plantar fasciitis and we don't know when he's going to play. So it's like, okay, what are we doing? Because I, I believe it was two weeks after the Subway Series in City Field when he was traded. So I, the last game I saw him in was the Subway Series game at City Fields. And he didn't do too well. And I was like, oh, God, now the trade rumors are going to come out saying he might be traded here. And I was hearing a little bit about it. And I said, nah, that can't be. And then I go and turn on the Yankee game at 630. And they're like, Montgomery was traded to the Cardinals. I was like, what? I'm like, nobody knew. Nobody gave us an update. They didn't know what was going on until I was like, OK, who are we getting? Another minor leaguer? Like, we don't need another minor league guy when we have a lot of the homegrown ones or at least the ones that were traded in the beginning of the season. But then when I heard Harrison Bader and he had the injury, I said, okay, maybe after the injury we can get used to him. And then I guess like it blew over. So, yeah, And then it helped that Montgomery started 4-0 with the Cardinals with the like, ERA of like one 
But I think yes. Ben Long one that's going to be a pretty good deal for the Yankees because I like Bader. He was like the only one that like showed up during the playoffs. So you know, have yep. a full season him. Hopefully, again the plantar fasciitis doesn't crap up again. I, I like him. I like him leading off, uh, stealing bases and just giving this team some energy because it yes. seems kind of lacking that. So in the long, that'd be a good deal. But I think with Cashman, unless he win, wins another ring or two, I think this is his last deal. Like I think Hal's like, all right, get this four year deal. And I think after. After that, even Cashman himself might walk away because if you go like, you know, since 2009 without winning World Series, I mean, how right. can you take a paycheck again? Yeah, that's what I was saying. I was like, OK, what are you going to do after four years? Obviously, the guy's going to retire because most, you know, GMs would. But at the same time, it's like a lot of people are speculating, oh, Jeter would replace him. And I was like, because Jeter now got the deal with with Fox. So now it's like, what's going on? Because everyone thought that Jeter was going to take over now and they would just get rid of Cashman. But I said, no, maybe they'll keep him a little longer and see what he does or at least get another World Series out of him. Because if it's been that long since 2009, there's got to be some front office issue. Yeah. And, and for some reason, I just don't think the Yankees would want to bring in Jeter just because, like, it's a job where, you, like, as a, you know, they always say you get hired to get fired. And I just think since yes. Jeter's like the, uh, you know, the golden boy for the Yankees, I don't think they would put him in that position. But one of the questions I did want to ask you now that Aaron Judge is the captain, I mean, is it too soon to call Judge the captain? I mean, when we say the captain, we mean Jeter, but now they're going to be kind of referring to that Judge. So maybe we should call Judge the general. I don't know. What do you feel about that? I, I would start as the pre-captain and see how he does within one season. Then I'll give him the captain title like later on because I want to see how he can do a whole season when everyone now is physically calling him the captain, even if that really doesn't change much because you're, you're still being yourself, but you kind of have a bigger role where people are going to be like, Hey, captain, how's it going? He just wants to be just regular Aaron himself. So I think it's more of, we'll see how he does in one season and then builds from there. Yeah, now this upcoming season, I think, is going to be very important for Garrett Cole. 220, you know, 2022 wasn't a really good season for his standards. Gave right. a lot of home runs. He had those games where he just got, like, annihilated in the first two innings. Like, we didn't see that with him in the first couple of seasons in pinstripes. Now, mm -hmm. they say maybe it's because the whole sport substance on the ball and his spin rate wasn't there and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, what's your thoughts on Garrett Cole? I think he just needs to just – he needs to stop with the home run ball. I think that's kind of where his weakness is. And I noticed a couple games last season where he was getting very like fidgety and he wasn't really focusing as much or he felt like he was being rushed. I feel like he isn't going to have a problem with pitch clock. He's the one pitcher besides Rodon that I know won't have an issue. The others, they might have to build into it. But with him, I feel like he's going to be okay. I think he just needed to find where his ground was. And of course, Every pitcher is going to get the home run ball regardless of who they're playing, but he just needs to limit that down and realize, listen, I know who I am. I need to get back to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you've had a couple of games like where he gave like three consecutive home runs and like, you know, to three batters like this. We never saw that before with Cole, but yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, there was probably adjustment period. He probably again was using some sort of grip substance. Cause you know, you can't argue with the fact they had those text messages with him from like years ago when he was at Houston. So he probably yeah. needs to get adjusted with that. And I think he did. Cause, and look, he, for the most part, he did his job in the postseason. He got the two wins against Cleveland, especially the game yep. four, which he definitely needed. Houston, yeah. I'm not going to blame him on that one too much. Wasn't, it wasn't really his fault. Just the team got shut out five, nothing, but yeah. You know, but yeah, I think he will have a much better season than he did in 2022. Oh yeah, definitely. He'll, he'll build eventually. I think I see him doing better this season than definitely last season. 
And I think it also helps to having Rendon there. I think we should get a full season of Severino. Takes the pressure yes. off him. Nestor should, you know, Nestor should be Nestor. The Frankie yeah. Montas thing, I mean, it's a fifth fifth starter anyway. I mean, I wasn't going to put much stock in him. But, yeah, I think, right. I think having Severino and, of course, Rendon for a full season takes the pressure off Cole. You know, maybe not even looking at Cole and just he could just have a quietly have a, maybe a 20-win season. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. I mean, having Rodon there at least is easy. It takes the pressure off of Cole because now it's like, oh, now I got to win every five days or I got to win however many starts and I got to see like, and now I have to pick up the whole bullpen and the whole pitching staff. But now that you have like another guy who's there, who's able to pick up the team when you can't is a good thing. Yeah. So hopefully we get back to the old days when we have like Cone, El Duque, David Wells, you know, get four guys out there that any of them could be the ace. So hopefully that's pleasant. Yeah. You mentioned the bullpen and, um, you know, Yankees got away with it in the playoffs. They were able to squeak by with like Loisica and Peralta and like a, a half Clay Holmes. Yes. But obviously we need Clay Holmes to be the Clay Holmes he was the first half of 2022. Oh, yeah. As well yeah. as Michael King, who I think was like the best setup man in baseball before he went down with the surgery. So do you think those two could come back or you think the Yankees you know, is going to have to make some move at some point to get someone in more, you know, more arms in the bullpen? I think they should be okay. At least uh, if we can get the old Clay Holmes back, that would be amazing. I think it was more of the pressure getting to him and him realizing, oh, I got to throw a shutout. I got to close out these games because Chapman, we can rely on him. It was more of, oh, he's walking six batters and inning. That's not good. So then we need to realize who's going to come in. Now that Loisica might close if Holmes doesn't close. That way it takes the pressure off of Clay Holmes and you can have, you know, Michael King or somebody come in and say, oh, I'll close it out. I'll be fine. Yeah, and I, I think I agree with you. I think I think Holmes got hurt the second, uh, the, you know, in the midway. He was pitching hurt the second half because he wasn't. The, I mean, the first half of the season, he got like a microscopic ERA. And even if you take when Cashman first got him from Pittsburgh, the, the second half of twenty twenty one, he was good. So like, yeah, there's a long body of work that this is a good guy. So I just think the fact that in the playoffs, which is amazing, Game Three in the the divisional series, that Boone went to Clark Schmidt instead of him because oh, I don't mm-hmm. want to pitch him two days in a row. I mean, that speaks volumes. This is the playoffs, and he he couldn't go. So. Clay Holmes is definitely hurt, so I think he does come back. And again, it'll just be gravy if Kane can return to his form last season. Have those two guys at the back end of the bullpen, and in fact, we don't have Chapman anymore blowing games. That that yeah. itself, by by him not even being here, that that's like a victory. Oh, trust me, it was. I think everybody pretty much threw a hit parade, saying, "Oh, he's finally gone, thank God." And, but he was good. Don't get me wrong. When we had him. But at the same, it was just like he lost it. I don't know what was going on with him. The injury bug hit him multiple times. And then the whole tattoo situation kind of ruined it towards the end of last season when we physically needed him. So now I feel like, listen, Kansas City, you can have him figure it out. I don't know. Trade him off somewhere if you need to. But thank God he's out of our hands because we just can't deal with that nonsense. Yeah, I agree with you because I did um, an audio. Yeah, I have an audio podcast version of the show and I kind of did on Cash um, on Chapman. And I said mostly, yeah. again, mostly good stuff from him. It's just, yeah, the past two seasons, he just, I don't know. He lost. It seemed like he only lost a mile or two off the fastball. But yeah. if you could throw ninety nine, you could still be able to. Die. But he was never able to like readjust. And then he's just out there sweating and throwing these little sliders and off speed pitches that terrible. And just at that point, it just became predictable. Yeah, yeah. I kind of knew he was on his way out too, and I was like, I don't think. And then of course, Boone gave him the boot, saying, "Listen." We that don't. Was, we don't yeah. need you. That was ridiculous. Just so. gave up on the team. Now, two yeah. other Yankees that fans kind of like blame for, for recent troubles. One will be Aaron Hicks, and of course Josh Donaldson. So Hicks, yes. I mean, is there anything there that he could salvage for the season, or you know, where, where do you think he's going to end up? He honestly, it's 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 stressful having to watch him because I feel like his defense can improve 
if he wanted to improve, but his batting, he just needs to just stay in the box. He needs to stop stepping out when he shouldn't be, and he needs to stop waving at balls off the plate. So I feel like when he stops doing that and realizing where the ball's being thrown, he'll be fine. I feel like he just needs to just have tunnel vision and block everything out because I felt like he totally lost that, and then he was swinging at anything near the plate. So with him... um, I want to see how he does the first couple weeks of the season that will determine like what he's going to do the rest of the season. And we'll see, like it really depends on who's going to play where, but um, with Donaldson, I feel like it's the same thing with Hicks. Stop swinging off the plate. Stop swinging at like whatever's in the air, because I felt like most of them were pop-up balls. They weren't really much like I'm going to give you strike three down the plate. There was pitches to hit. They just were, were not making the utmost contact they should have. Yeah, I think this could be an, an opportunity for Hicks. I think um, you know because a lot of other focus on some of the other players. So if he could just stay healthy and kind of you know if they bat him down like eight or ninth position with like no pressure, right. again he's had some good moments with the Yankees. Like he has usually has, you know high base percentage. He has some home run mm-hmm. pop, switch hitter. So there's some things there you like. It's just obviously he's can never stay healthy. Now I don't know if his body will ever get back because he's had so many surgeries and stuff, but. Yeah, you know, I'm just gonna be optimistic, but maybe he's have a low key season. He's probably gonna platoon a lot with uh, uh, Cabrera, so you yeah, know, you're not gonna ask him to take on a workload. And again, if you get a full healthy season at him, I think he could be like a like a 20 20 home run guy. Yeah, yeah, he can if he puts his mind to. And I feel like taking the load off of him, like Rodon would take the load off of Cole. I think it would be pretty much better because you'd have Cabrera out there. Where if you hopefully they use Florial before they run out of his his sending up and sending down. So I think it's pretty much, you have to work with what you have. Yeah. And Donaldson, I mean, to me, as long as like DJ's healthy and like, you know, he hasn't been the past couple of seasons, you can always have a situation where like DJ could play third base and just have Glabar at second. And of course, and then Donaldson, I mean, he only had, this is like last year on this contract. So you could almost trade him, you know, if, if, or just kind of cut him, obviously to say a good, goodbye because I think he has an option for next year, but there's no way the Yankees are picking that up. But I think the oh, point yeah. is as long as they have DJ healthy as an option at third base, and I think the Yankees are good. Yeah, yeah. They need to just keep DJ healthy because then that means Donaldson pretty much does get the boot if he doesn't improve on where he should have. All right. Now, of course, there were a lot of big names, a lot of big contracts in this offseason, which is ridiculous. Was there anyone like that you wish the Yankees would have kicked the tires on the didn't, or was there was a trade out there? Or was there a player that you wish the Yankees would, would have grabbed? To be honest, I really, really wish they would have gotten Dansby Swanson. I know he was not really interested in staying with the American league um, or trying to get into the American league. Um, thankfully the Cubs picked him up because the Cubs did need a shortstop and they were trying to get back on the wagon at least. Um, ben Intendi, I feel like they should have kept I really think they should have kept Benintendi because it would have worked, but he's, it was actually during the time of, are we going to keep judge? Is judge going to go to the giants? What are we going to do? So I feel like that conflicted with trying to keep Benintendi. So I think those are the two. Yeah. And, that's a, and this kind of goes back to Cashman. Um, you know, he has his good moments and bad moments. You know, that was yeah. a great pickup. I mean, gave up relatively nothing to get a, a player hitting, you know, three twenty at the time, you know, yeah. not much home run, but a good contact hitter. And then of course, Couple of weeks it goes down with the the wrist injury. It's just bad luck for the you know for the Yankee team. Right, it was, and he's a good player. I'm not going to lie. Ben Intendi's a great player, and I know the White Sox are going to do well with him. But at the same time, it's like you kind of could have kept him, but we kind of just had Judge in our peripheral tunnel vision, 
not really forgetting about everybody else, but it was more of, no, we need to lock Judge down before we can make any other moves. I think that was the only problem. And another interesting season, I think it's going to be for Glebar Torres. You know, I think he had an okay 2022. It kind of yeah. started off good and a little disappointment, but you think he's in the long-term Yankee you know, plans or this kind of like once his contract's up, they'll let him walk and, you know, try to find an opportunity for like Peraza or, or Cabrera to kind of take his place. I feel like he's okay for now. I want to see what he does for a full season again, try to see where he's the type of person that I feel like just changes his swing based on his mood. Because I noticed in 2019, he was very off the plate consistent where he got all those home runs and he was able to have his head in there. But I felt like the last couple seasons, it was more of he's got the up and down all the time. It's more of you have to stay in the box a little bit longer and stop swinging at stuff off the plate, which causes less pop-ups. Or there's more of I'm going to stay in the cage all the time. I'm going to figure out what swing works for me and I'm going to stay with it. I felt like he was just feeding off of what everyone else was saying about him rather than I'm Glaber Torres. I need to have my own swing, not what someone else is telling me. I like that he bounced back a little bit last season, but I don't think he's going to be in the the long-term Yankee plans unless he has a great season. Because, you know, what what is he really? He's like a 250 hitter. Maybe he's yeah. like 15, 20 home runs. Like, well, you could probably get that from somewhere else. So unless he has a great season, I think this might be, you know, the beginning of the end for Glebar Torres, unfortunately. Sarah, I appreciate you getting this time. Send my regards to Julia. Maybe we'll get her next time. We have a full season ahead of us. Yes. Again, it's Baseball Fever Media. People can follow you on Instagram at Baseball um, Fever Media. And again, check out the podcast and, and your stuff. And again, very insightful. And of course, more importantly, it's very awesome that you're a Yankee fan. Yes. 